As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. What's up and welcome into the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast presented by Visa, a network working for everyone. Michael Beller and Brandon Funston here with you on a Sunday evening, or at least as we're recording this, this is Sunday evening, taking a look back at what we've seen over the last six hours or so and helping you project ahead to week three waivers. Funston, uh, other than the Seahawks uh, really just petering <laughs> out in the second half against the Vikings, how did Sunday treat you? Um, TBD. I got some. I got some games definitely hanging in the balance, uh, mm-hmm. like really close. Uh, but I was just like talking to you off air. It was like, I think there was a lot of popular narratives that kind of got squashed this week. The Justin Fields, yep. uh, the Rondale Moore, like just yep. a lot of guys that were kind of sneaky. Everybody was kind of in on them. Tyson Williams jumps to mind. Like just mm-hmm. a lot of guys like that that I was excited about that j- just you know completely laid an egg. Yeah, it was uh, an odd day, at least an odd start to the day. I feel like that's been sort of a pattern this season where like the weird and uh, wild stuff is happening in, in the noon. or the, I always say noon because I'm, I'm a central time zone <laughs> guy. Uh, in the 1 p.m. Eastern kickoff window. And then things really just like get fun in that late window. And that's uh, that was another pattern that we saw followed here today. Um, and yeah, there was, uh, there was somebody, man, that Rondale Moore, man. I was uh, last decision I made, home league team, Rondale Moore, James Conner. Went with Rondale Moore, and now I'm looking at like begging for a nothing, nothing, nothing game from Trey Sermon <laughs> to get a win in that league. So that's uh, uh, fantasy football for you. Um, also, fantasy football for you is mining the waiver wire over the next 48 hours. We're going to help you get started on that right here and right now. We're actually going to rewind to Thursday for our big waiver wire guy of the week, Funston. We know that Christian McCaffrey is going to miss a few weeks. We're not exactly sure what few means right now, but he is going to be out for some time, and there is every reason to believe that. 
that Chuba Hubbard is going to be at least the leader of the backfield. Royce Freeman should be involved as well. How aggressive do you think we should be for Hubbard while he's filling in for McCaffrey? Yeah, and I I saw uh, our injury expert Virginia Zakis from uh, Inside Injuries. She answered somebody's question right after that right after that injury. Um, like, what's your initial thoughts? And her initial thoughts, without knowing all the details, was kind of like a three to six week range for Christian mm-hmm. McCaffrey. And that's probably right. You know, the hamstring, the, the soft tissue in- issues for a guy like him, it's probably going to be a little while. You need to make sure that's completely right. So, kind of looking at Chuba Hubbard as as like you know, maybe getting a good month long run here. And I thought he looked really good fast. Um, I know Royce Freeman's there could get, you know, mixed in a little bit more than we saw anybody get mixed in secondarily to Mike Davis last year. But the one thing about this offense we saw from Mike Davis is even if McCaffrey's out, this offense tends to run through the running back position a lot. So, um, I like Chuba Hubbard an awful lot. I would be bidding aggressively if I, especially if I was a Christian McCaffrey rosterer. Um, but yeah, I think he can. You know, I think he can be as effective as Mike Davis was, and he was Mike Davis was what a top fifteen running back for yeah. much of his run. So yeah, I think you got to be aggressive with Chuba. Yeah, I think you do too. Um, I mean, a month can be a, it's a huge amount of time, and also, I mean, your standings are going to determine uh, a little bit also how you are here, right? We're going to have some zero and three teams after this week. We're going to have some three and zero teams after this week. Maybe the three and zero teams don't feel the need to go after him as much as some of the zero and three teams might. Maybe the McCaffrey teams are going to be a little bit more aggressive on him than the average team. But I think there's good reason to want to be aggressive on him. And, you know, maybe by the time you're actually making your bid, we'll see the Panthers place Christian McCaffrey on IR, and then we'll know for sure that he's out a minimum of three weeks, as you and I are talking about this right now, Funston. That, of course, has not happened. But, I mean, I'm thinking, I mean, I I could go... I think somewhere in like the 20 to 25% range I think is totally appropriate here. I don't know if I would want to go much higher than that unless we know for sure he's going to miss a, a big chunk of time because I do think Royce Freeman mixes in more than anyone mixed in with Mike Davis last year. But I would feel very comfortable getting uh, Chuba Hubbard for 25% of my remaining fab budget. Yeah, I have a feeling, and that could end up falling short. If you're a mm-hmm. if you're a McCaffrey guy, if you have him and you somehow, you know, someone, you know, undercut you on Chuba because this happened to me like I have a I have one team with McCaffrey and someone picked Chuba one one round before I was willing to take him <laughs> yeah. but then they ended up cutting him loose and thankfully I added him literally like five minutes before the Thursday night game oh when I saw God. he was out there but <laughs> like if he's out there now and you're the, the McCaffrey person you might have to go like 33 yeah. percent yeah like 40%. you might have to get a little bit a little bit more aggressively to do that and just kind of like you know get the monopoly on that backfield and something else that's going to uh, help him or hurt him, if, uh, depending on how you look at this, is that he's going to be probably the most sought-after guy this week. I don't think there's anyone yep. who's going to be particularly close to him. We do have a good group of wide receivers, though, and I want to start off with Emmanuel Sanders, who scored a couple of touchdowns in the Bills' big win we finally saw. We knew that was coming. We knew the Bills' offensive explosion was coming eventually. We saw it against Washington, and man, that defense has really seemingly gone in the tank after uh, looking like one of the better defenses in the league coming into the season. Big game for Emmanuel Sanders. Sanders finding the end zone twice here, and this was something that Joe Buscalia uh, had speculated on, on us with uh, both back in the summer and then right after week one that Emmanuel Sanders was going to have a big role to play. Joe Buscalia, our Bills beat writer here at The Athletic, I should mention, uh, and he thought that Sanders was going to have a big role to play, and we've seen that. This was the first game where we really saw it translate into a big fantasy production sort of day. What do you think about the Emmanuel Sanders in terms of adding him and then him being a viable, semi-consistent at least starter? 
Yeah, it's funny you brought up Ascalia because I was going to do the same thing. I remember talking to him in the summertime and kind of pushing on like, is this a, is this a Gabe Davis breakout kind of a campaign? You know, or and he kept on kind of bringing up Emmanuel Sanders. It was a very, you know, it was a very, uh, you know, uh, it was like they went out purposefully to get mm-hmm. Sa- Sanders. Like they just felt like he would be a great fit for this system, and I think. The first couple of weeks, what you need is you need you need twenty twenty Josh Allen for Josh for right. Emmanuel Sanders to be big time, and all of a sudden, you know, after two weeks of slow playing, and there was the Josh Allen that was you know MVP level Josh Allen, looking every bit the stud he was last year, the breakout guy he was last year, and as long as that Josh Allen's here, like it's it's hard to think about Emmanuel Sanders not being a viable play week in and week out. So. Um, if this Josh Allen's here to stay, then Emmanuel Sanders probably is too. Yeah, you know, I think we're still going to be with all these guys. We're going to be back in the more reserved bidding range. I think less than 10% for any of these guys. And even for some of them, you would maybe have to be wide receiver needy or something approaching wide receiver needy because none of them, I mean, and this goes for Emmanuel Sanders too, as excited as you might be about him. Still, obviously, at best, a distant number two on his own team, and we know that the well, Bills. Well, he might even be number three. I mean, yeah. like you can say Cole Beasley is the number two yeah. there, and I'm fine with that. But you know, eleven for ninety eight for Cole Beasley in this game. Yeah, I mean, Dallas, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh. There's plenty of teams that we like three receivers from, and I think Buffalo is a team that you can lump in there. And Gabe Davis, maybe he's the guy that just doesn't quite make the cut. You know. Yeah. Yeah, that definitely uh, could end up being the case there. Uh, eleven ninety eight for for uh, Cole Beasley, thirteen targets. Stephon Diggs had ten targets. Emmanuel Sanders six targets, but turned that into five for ninety four and the two touchdowns. So we like Emmanuel Sanders. And then someone on the other side of this game who didn't play but could be back next week is someone also worth thinking about. It's Curtis Samuel in Funston. We were really excited about him back in draft season, and then he had the injury toward the end of training camp and toward the end of the summer, and the uh, Washington decided to throw him on IR, but. Everything points to him being back in week four for this Washington team, and I don't see any reason why he wouldn't jump right back to being the guy that they signed him to be in the offseason. Yeah, because, I mean, Cam Sims isn't doing anything. Uh, you know, Adam Adam Humphreys, like, it's wide open. They needed somebody to help kind of step up and take some of the pressure off of Terry McLaurin there in that passing game. And, yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I'm holding on. Curtis Samuel and a couple teams and looking forward to him being plugged in there, uh, a guy that you can – move around all over the place kind of feels like someone that they could really use right now and uh oh yeah yeah so uh yeah if if he got cut loose i think people are kind of gonna be sleeping on him this week and a lot of you know probably in a lot of leagues he'll be just sitting there and people not realizing it kind of out of sight out of mind but if mm-hmm. that happens and he's sitting there definitely time to to you know pony up for him I was surprised to see uh, him as available as he is. 34% roster rate in Yahoo Leagues, 41% in CBS. So he's generally out there for people, and I don't think that's going to be the case very much longer. Uh, I do think that, I mean, that's he's exactly what that offense needs right now. I mean, I, I mean, really, forget about what he actually brings to the table himself, Funston. They need someone who's just a reliable playmaker alongside uh, the rest of the guys there. And you, like, they're just not getting enough out of whatever the mix is with how often they can get the ball to McLaurin, with what they're doing in splitting Antonio Gibson and J.D. McKissick, how often they can get the ball to Logan Thomas. Clearly, it's not working the way that 
it could work with those names on paper, right, and the right quarterback. Obviously, that's got something to do with it here. But Curtis Samuel, just adding him to the mix and his versatility, I think it really changed things for the offense. And that's going to only be actually possible if they get the ball in his hand. So I really think that so long as he's good, so long as he's good, so long as he's beyond the injury, we're going to see him, I think, really hit the ground running with a, a immediate opportunity in that Washington offense. So I actually think that like, I think I would go for him before I went for Emmanuel Sanders if I had both of them available to me. How about you? Yep, I would as well. And you, what did you throw? About 10 bucks for Sanders. I think I would go probably like 15 uh, you know, right around that range for Curtis Samuel. I'm with you. I, I like him better than Sam, Sanders, although, I, I, you know, I like them both. I think they both mm-hmm. belong in like a 12-team competitive league setting. Um, but, I, yeah, I would lean a little bit towards Samuel. Out of all these receivers we're going to talk about, and I include Sanders in this, Samuel's the only one who I can sit here today and confidently say I think he's an every week starter in fantasy. And I think that uh, that's worth paying up for a little bit because that's what we're looking for here, right? We want upside. We want guys who we can rely on. We want guys who we can start week in and week out. And while there are a decent amount of receivers that are depth guys, Samuel's the one guy who I would trust to throw right into my lineup and maybe feel good about him every week. Tim Patrick is someone who we've talked about, I want to say, every single week on this show because you go back to week one. Jerry Judy suffered his ankle injury, and uh, yeah, Tim Patrick scored a touchdown. And week two, he just—it's the Tim Patrick line, right? Like four for forty and a touchdown. Like that's the Tim Patrick line. That's what he does. Then in week three. K.J. Hamler also gets hurt, so now you're looking at Tim Patrick, the unquestioned number two receiver in Denver alongside uh, Corlin Sutton, and he went off in this game. Five grabs for 98 yards. I mean, just another consistently productive day for Tim Patrick, and if K.J. Hamler is indeed out for some time, Funston, we know that Judy's still going to be out for a while. Does Tim Patrick enter the every week starter or at least uh, on the fringes of the every week starter conversation? I think so. I mean, he was... Five for 98, he had five targets, caught all of them. Mm-hmm. Average 19.6 yards per catch. And heading into this week, uh, Teddy Bridgewater was tied for the lead in passes air yards of 20-plus yards. So, um, you know, we kind of tend to think of Teddy Bridgewater as this game manager, short to intermediate range, but that hasn't been the case. And you get Tim Patrick, get Cortland Sutton, you know, there's upside for, for the deep ball with Teddy Bridgewater there. But just with, with Judy and K.J. Hamler – falling by the wayside it's just you know it's almost it's a can't lose situation for these guys because there's really Mm -hmm. nobody else with any kind of established chemistry so I I think it's good for both Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick this week it happened to you know Patrick put up the Sutton numbers I expected it didn't work (laughs) out but you know it could flip-flop back and forth uh, you know, in games like this where it's twenty six to nothing, uh, you're you're gonna probably not get both of these guys hitting. Mm-hmm. But there will be some days where it's a little bit more competitive, where potentially both of these guys will be helping you out in fantasy. Yeah, one of these days the Broncos are gonna play an actual good team. <laughs> They're going to have to exactly. lean on their offense a little bit more than they have to this point in getting to three. And you know, week two was Jacksonville, right? For right. them, yeah, and week the one, Giants, Jacksonville, week one and was the, the Jets. Giants, yeah. Yeah, Believe so. me, that wasn't lost on me when I was picking the Broncos <laughs> and a couple of my fantasy teams. <laughs> there is, I mean, you could, I mean, three and zero is three and zero, but man, that is, there's a chance that we look back at the end of the season and say those are the three worst teams in the NFL, the right? Giants, exactly, the Jaguars <laughs> and the Jets. So, uh, definitely a soft start to the season for the um, for the Broncos. Let's stick in the AFC West for a second. As you and I are recording this, I'm going to assume the Raiders are about to kick a field goal to win in overtime against the. 
Dolphins, uh, but it's 28-28 right now, and part of the reason it got there, Hunter Renfro had himself a really productive game, and so did Peyton Barber. Let's talk about both of those guys. Let's start with Renfro, six targets, five catches, 77 yards, and a touchdown, and now again, this is three straight games where Hunter Renfro has been a significant part of the passing game, and two of them where he's been you know, really productive also. I mean, five uh, five catches on seven targets for 57 yards in week one, six catches, nine targets, 70 yards in week two, and then the five for 77 with a touchdown in week three. That'll play as a depth guy in most leagues, Funston. Yeah, if you want to liken it to, you know, it's funny. Renfro gets called the old man because he's, you know, you remember from uh, Hard Knocks, he's a balding yep. guy. He's prematurely yeah. balding. He looks he's old. like 24. Yeah, and, and, and like in golf, it's the old man who hits it right down the middle of the fairway every week, not very far. It's, there'll be weeks when Henry Ruggs will put up 130 yards and it'll yeah. disappear for a couple of weeks. But if you just want the guy that week in and week out is likely to be the most consistent of those wide receivers and give you at least something, it's probably Hunter Renfro. We know that Derek Carr loves this guy um and it's you know this Raiders offense is suddenly looking like one of the more potent yeah. offenses in the <laughs> league and it's not just Darren Waller and it's not just no. Josh Jacobs who hasn't been around the last couple of weeks it's been all these other guys and Rugg stepped up again give him credit but but Renfro was right there kind of doing his compiling thing that he does mm-hmm. and he got into the end zone and it works out really well so you know Renfro is one of those guys you can always kind of feel like all right if I'm in, stuck in a position I can just throw him in my flex spot Probably going to mm-hmm. get me something. Derek Carr loves to, you know, loves to hit this guy. There's always probably four to six catches for him in any game script. We've got bye weeks coming right around the corner as well, and that's really why. I mean, there's there's value in guys like that. There's value in guys who you know what you're getting. Once the bye weeks arrive, you can feel comfortable that you know it's Hunter Renfro going to win this week for me. No, but he's also not going to kill me uh, when I have to plug him in there. So not till week six this year for buys, but once those do arrive, uh, Hunter Renfro can be a useful guy. Uh, the Raiders did end up winning that game. Funston, by the way, just kicked the game winning field goal, 31-28. So the Raiders, Raiders and Broncos, three and zero in the AFC West. Chargers two and one, and the lowly Kansas City Chiefs in last place at one and two. Do we have to talk about Peyton Barber? Are we taking Peyton Barber seriously? Twenty three carries, one hundred eleven yards, and a touchdown. Obviously, this only lasts so long as Josh Jacobs is injured. But with two straight rule outs relatively early on, maybe that's going to last another week or another two weeks. And you know, Peyton Barber. I mean, do we have to take an effort like this seriously and add him as a, I don't know, like maybe a five percent style of bid this week? Yeah, maybe. I guess if you need, like, you know, if you're trying to win, especially if you, you, you know, you're scrambling and maybe you have a losing record through three weeks and you're just trying to get a warm body. Uh, clearly, Miami didn't take him seriously. I mean, <laughs> shame on you, Dolphins, for letting Peyton Barber put up 23 carries, 111 yards, and a touchdown. What is that with Josh Jacobs? Like 160 yards and two touchdowns? Like, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm anxiously awaiting for Josh Jacobs to be back again. This is kind of pointing to the fact that this is a is shaping up as one of the more potent lineups in the league, and that mm-hmm. you can plug in a, a journeyman like Peyton Barber, Hammonager, and he can put up a hundred yards and a touchdown. It's kind of where we're at with this. I like this Miami defense, so I don't think this is, you know, this is this is significant that they were able to do that. So. Um, so, yeah, you get one more week out of Peyton Barber, you need a running back, 5% seems fair. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, Funson, let's wrap this up with a look at our, it's a Cardinal receiver du jour. Uh, Week one was Christian Kirk. Week two, it was Rondale Moore. Week three, it's A.J. Green. Five catches for 112 yards on six targets in the Cardinals' uh, 31-19 win over the Jaguars. And that's two straight useful weeks out of A.J. Green. We know that beyond DeAndre Hopkins, it is always going to be a mixed bag for this Arizona team. Christian Kirk has the big week one, disappears in week two, 100-yard game in week three. Rondale Moore puts up a couple of big games in a row, especially the week two game. And this week, he has two catches for one yard and one carry for three yards. So we know that guys are going to come and go in this Arizona offense. Is there enough here for A.J. Green to want to just add him as a depth guy for your fantasy squads? I think so. I mean, I think you look back to last year. I mean, in Cincinnati, he got over 100 targets. Like, he had a terrible catch percentage, but he was highly, highly targeted, played a lot of snaps, and he's playing a lot of snaps right now, and that's been the issue with Arizona is they haven't, getting, they haven't gotten production – uh, beyond DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins, they bring in AJ Green, they draft Rondell Moore, and you just have a whole lot more talent there than they had last year, especially. And um, you know, Rondell, Rondell Moore took a took a seat this week, mm-hmm. but I think you can like you used to. It was a dice roll starting a second receiver in this offense. I feel like th- this is, I mean, they're getting thirty plus points every week now. This feels like an offense where you have a decent chance of getting production from. Your second or third favorite from, rec- from the second. Yeah, it's still yeah. a dice roll. It's still a right? dice roll, but there's going to be two to three receivers <laughs> that help yeah. you out week in and week out. Someone's going to be left out, yeah. but at least the odds are better that you're going to get something from that second yeah. guy. Yeah, there's there will be a second productive receiver for Arizona almost every week, if not every week. Who it's going to be, that's where we're rolling the dice. <laughs> right, but we exactly. know there is going to be one, and that wasn't always the case for this Arizona team. So I do think that's enough to throw A.J. Green into the fab mix for this week. So not a bad week, right? we got Chuba Hubbard at the top, a guy who's definitely worth spending up for, and then Curtis Samuel, Emmanuel Sanders, Tim Patrick, Hunter Renfro, Peyton Barber, A.J. Green. Definitely some help to be found on the waiver wire after week three going into week four. And that's going to do it for this episode of the athletic fantasy football podcast thanks for being with us here tonight good luck uh, with the rest of your fantasy matchups if you got stuff uh, live in the sunday night game if you listen to this right when it gets up or the monday night game between the cowboys and the eagles good luck there we'll be talking to you all week on the athletic fantasy football podcast can't wait to do it talk to you soon see you